Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 231 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I am lifting the veil um, temporarily for our rules for Double Density 2.0 because you have a bit of IRL uh, music gear news to share, and I was uh, impressed enough to let you uh, take the next couple of minutes to talk about it. Over the past few weeks, with my silence, I've uh, purchased a few more guitar pedals, and I even actually put them on a pedal board because it was getting quite messy. I have six pedals now, although five are kind of actual pedals because I do we count the tuner pedal? Because it's a tuner. Yeah, absolutely. So it's okay. I have six pedals uh, with a power supply, which you see underneath. Brian will probably post a picture of this uh, on the internet. Twitter somewhere. and Instagram, correct. Yeah. Uh, and I have uh, I have like six pedals that I'm using and they're all really fun. And I've been learning new music and I may have an opportunity to play with some friends soon. So it'll be fun. Yeah, you'd mentioned that, and I was very amazed that you're kind of breaking out of your solitary shell in order I might to even jam with head off to the beats. island for this. That's super messed up, Angelo. I don't know how I can handle this. What, what that means for people that live around Montreal is, like, I'm on the suburbs, I'm off-island, and I'll take a car of some sort onto the island to play with friends. The one car you own, I hope, and not steal a car. GTA no, style. no, the one car. The one car yeah. I own. So, yeah, so I got some pedals. If anybody's interested in talking guitar pedals with me, uh, fill out the form because that's the only way he'll reach me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you hit up our socials, I'll force him to to read the comments and things like that. So, you can either head on over to doubledensity.net, click on the form, fill out the form, or do a bunch of other stuff, you know, and uh, get in touch with him. Yeah. YouTube's otherwise. been a bad influence on me because I, out of the six pedals, Three are from JHS Pedals, which I really like their YouTube channel. So check it out. Let it is uh, get into the tech side of things, uh, apart from obviously your new baby. Um, Trish emailed us this week. Said Trish said uh, uh, new techno movie about the rise and fall of BlackBerry called Blackberry. It is a drama comedy. It's in theaters currently, also in VOD. I may not add. So if you want to rent that digitally, you can. And it will be a CBC miniseries in the fall. So of course, this is Jay Baruchel, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia teaming up. You know, Jim Basili, the uh, businessman, and uh, you know, a team of engineers and things like that. I actually read about the rise and fall of BlackBerry. Uh, I'd say like a year and a half ago. Interesting story. Um, so what they're planning on doing is they have a ton of unused footage from the movie that they're going to reshape into um, the existing footage for the movie and turn that into a miniseries, which is going to air on CBC in the fall. It's the first time I could think of where a medium to major sized movie is being retrofitted like that in Canada. Yeah, that's really weird going to our uh, state run media, as some people would have you believe. Uh, they uh, are going to put it well, on technically CBC. It is state I guess funded, it is. But, then, yeah, but it's like not, yeah. it's not the same as like propaganda. No, it's not North Korean news here. Yeah, uh, but some people would have you believe that. Like Elon Musk, isn't he uh, forcing, uh, like, it's... The, labels? Yeah, labels of state-run media, yeah. So they're, they're, uh, they're a puppet for the government. How much do you feel like you want to watch this movie? It seems interesting to me. I like Jay Baruchel, so that's kind of fun. He uh, used to live in my neighborhood. I don't know if he still does, so he had a house here for a while. Yeah, with Alison Pill from uh, Star Trek Picard, Picard. and also yeah. uh, The Newsroom. You just mentioned... Our buddy Elon. So let's talk about a, a tech item that I want to talk to you about. And that, like, Twitter got hit with a $250 million lawsuit over copyright infringement from music publishers. So basically, Twitter is like the only large scale um, social media channel that still doesn't like do regulation properly. Um, there have been all these like, you know, tales, and I've seen a couple of like people uploading full movies 
as a video, for example, which makes me laugh. But yeah, uh, there's a ton of music without uh, it being licensed all over the site all of the time. And uh, yeah, who knows how that's going to play out. Because YouTube, for example, as soon as you put something that is copyrighted, the robots in charge of YouTube will actually hear it right away and let you know that you can't monetize something. Yeah, so I had to look into this for a past job. And there's different ways in which you can handle um, music. There's different ways in which things are get licensed too, right? So um, if a... If it's all original music, you have a chance to like monetize it. But then if it's licensed music, then you have different options depending on the right, rights holders want you to do with it. Yeah, this happened so to me, the, actually. Yeah. We uh, posted a picture of my daughter dancing to the song Defying Gravity. And uh, I got an email from YouTube saying that uh, it's demonetized, which was fine by me because I really don't care because 75 people probably watched the video. And what they did back then, I guess it's like 10 years ago, they put a link to the iTunes purchasing yeah. of it. Now, I think it's just the rights holder, like information under the video is how okay. it works. Okay. So yeah, but I just, I thought it was very interesting, of course, yet another um, issue with the platform as if they're not enough. Like the evaluation of Twitter is half of what it was when Elon Musk was basically like forced to buy it um, because he opened his big mouth and decided to shoot it off um, characteristically so. And so it's kind of interesting yet pretty regular like a pretty pedestrian story pretty par for the course for elon musk here this is like a really boring black mirror episode yes it really really is as someone who's watched half of the uh, new season i agree with you the of all the episodes that came out i like the first episode the most really by far actually yeah i guessed we pretty much guessed the ending of the second episode very quickly which one was the second episode the uh, the Locke Henry episode. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you know uh, Elon Musk is no longer the CEO of of Twitter, right? So she um, he hired Linda Yakrino in order to uh, move on over and uh, take the spot. Who knows how that's going to play out, right? She's going to have to work on this mess now. Correct. So she uh, is an ex NBC Universal exec who is now taking on like a really cursed kind of like um project i'd say are his are his uh, conservative friends okay with like the liberal media person taking over <laughs> who knows how that's gonna play out too right yeah. so i mean uh you know if you feel so inclined like i do i tend to block a lot of twitter blue um users who i see in my feed i manage that by just completely not using twitter anymore I know, which is uh, not really great, but that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's helpful to have a podcast co-host who has a podcast about technology. Not you're, in, the, you're essentially like a Neanderthal. Like you don't engage in paranormal stuff. You don't engage in tech stuff. Um, how do you get your news? My news, I get every Sunday evening around 7.30. <laughs> right, so your co-host just feeds you yeah, that's, the, that's the news. How I get yeah. my news. Otherwise, it's just like trying to learn the solo from Stairway to Heaven. Or like a John Mayer song. That's what I do throughout right. the week. Right. So now you just you're just totally detached from everything here. Yeah, pretty much. But it's cool. It's fun for you like that, right? Like this is this is what keeps the show going. People love listening to our banter. I would love to find a co-host, a new co-host. If if you wanna send me a tweet over at Brian Hasty, Brian with an I. And then if you or you know, you can email me, you know, or fill out the, the contact form. Let me know you want to be the new the new co-host of Double Density, because clearly I need someone who reads a little bit of the internet. Speaking of people who read the internet or should read the internet, let's talk about 
ex-Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and how Bill Simmons, who, uh, let's be clear, like not the best guy in the world either, um, but he called them <laughs> effing grifters uh, because of the sweetheart deal that they got from Spotify, which I absolutely agree with. Um, like, I yeah, would, I would they, take that, right? 12 episodes of a podcast that they probably yeah. did not produce, right? I'm pretty sure they no. just showed up, talked into microphones, and walked away. Correct. $20 million, right, Angela? For 12 episodes. That's a lot more than we get paid for double density. That is correct. By a, a factor of $20 million. So this is the thing, is that did Spotify, is Spotify so bad at contracts that they just kind of shrugged? Because to me, if I'm, if I'm paying out, like, no, for example, like they paid out massive bucks to Joe Rogan, but at least Joe Rogan had a consistent schedule, right? And I'm not talking about the, the quality of his content because we know it's dog shit. I'm talking about the quantity. No, but of, he still does something. He's doing something. But that's what I mean, is that like you, you didn't put a provisio in your contract with Prince, uh, ex-Prince Harry and, uh, and Meghan Markle to say like we are expecting like 40 hours of content, 50 hours of content. Like there was no provision there, you know, so they didn't actually like they can't get sued to break a contract. It's so weird. It's so freaking weird that Spotify took such a big L in this in this way. I'd be curious to hear Bill Simmons story about his Zoom meeting with Prince Harry. Uh, I'd be very, very curious to hear about that too. But it's just, it's just very strange to me that a large entity like that didn't think to slip in, you know, certain terms for that twenty million dollars. It's a lot of money to pay for. I am, I would say, one hundred percent sure they did not get a good return on their investment for that. Oh, absolutely! The number of slams to Spotify and the main reason there is for you know an episode of Archetypes. Or like, you know, the, the, the promise of more episode of Meghan Markle's archetypes. Yeah. So 12 episodes, $20 million, bad return on investment. It's, it's just bonkers, Angela. It's like the water world of the podcast world. That is very curious. Though. I'm wondering. Oh, speaking of, of things that aren't going so well, The Flash looking like it's not going to do really well. That's which is too not a bad. Surprise. But you, you said it was decent. So it was decent. I also saw it for free, which I think is part of the reason why there's money left on the table. But you're um, not going to go now back and watch it so you can see the last. Uh, no, I have the internet spoiler for me. Okay, good. Um, so I'm just curious. I'm looking at Waterworld uh, box office here, right? So it it was a budget of 175 million, and it brought in 264 million. Oh, so it made so some technically money. it's 90 million in the green, though we don't know marketing costs. Was it was it was Ishtar worse? Ishtar probably was worse. So the way that it works in um in the modern world, right, is you take a film's budget and basically double it for international marketing. Okay. So that way if you 2x it, it kind of gives you a better idea of how much it needs to make to break even. So I'm looking up Ishtar right now. All right, let's look at his chart. Oof, yep, his chart did way worse. A budget of $51 million, and it only... That was a lot back then. Million. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious. Uh, it did not make a lot of money on home video either. I've only sat through half of that movie. You'll never catch me sitting through the other half of that the movie. Joke, that, that, that movie was the butt of every joke in the... Was it 80s? Yeah, late eighties, early nineties for sure. Something, and also you got to remember, like Warren Beatty also made a movie called The Reds, which was not uh, well received either. Right? Like it just it barely made its budget back. Because I remember that movie being heavily marketed as a kid, and like even as a like an eleven year old or however old I was when it came out, knowing what it was, and then hearing all the jokes about it, but never actually watching it. All I know is there's something about a desert. Is there something about a desert in it? (laughs) Correct. Okay. 
Uh, you pretty much hit the uh, the nail on the head there with the desert aspect of it. But yeah, I um I don't even remember how we got on this. Oh, the Flash. Yeah, the Flash is not going to do well, I don't think, which is fine. Um, I'm kind of curious though. Blue Beetle in August, as of now, I'm wondering how much that's going to make and how much uh, that uh, is uh, going to set the tone for the reboot that's coming in like two years. A pretty uh, unknown character too. Is he part of the James Gunn? Uh, like umbrella? so, he's being retrofitted. So James Gunn is saying that he's part. He's the first. This is like the first silo of the new DC like uh, movie universe. Let's try to be positive. Maybe it'll end up being better than the MCU. I think mm, mm. Uh, everything <sighs> fell into place with the MCU. That's the thing. Which they've been struggling to recreate. Yeah, since, that's right? yeah. I mean, like we're we're in the the end game. No pun intended of the <laughs> MCU now. Yeah, I mean, we're on, what, phase five, I think? No, we're still in phase four. This is still phase four, yeah. I thought Ant-Man finished phase four. Oh, maybe. Phase five, Marvel. Please hold. All right. Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, apparently, Ant-Man was the first movie of phase five. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Uh, But I don't really care. I'll be honest with you. I I lost all desire to see. Um, The only time I'm ever going to see a Marvel movie now, I think, is either... Uh, if I get an advanced screening of it or okay. I go see it at like the drive-in or something. Or you just wait for Disney Plus, which is what I'm doing for Guardians. Uh, I really can't wait, though, for the Marvels. That seems super good. Yeah, I'm super intrigued to see how that goes. You, I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago of your, your excitement. For I love Miss Marvel. Like that, that, I think, is one of my favorite Marvel series. It was just so pleasant. I don't watch it, but I also, we've talked about this. I just recognize that it's not like for me, right? I, I think it's because you're racist, right? Yeah, huge, okay. big, big. That's the title of this episode, actually. <laughs> just let's just make it nice and clear for everyone involved. Have you? Uh, have you? Um, I watched two really interesting movies recently, actually. Okay. One I loved, one I didn't love. I recently saw the uh, Sydney Sweeney reality movie from HBO about Reality Winner. Yeah, the, uh, is that any good? Because it's it's there for me to watch. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. I like her. And She's then, great in uh, Euphoria. And then I got bored and I watched a 2009 film with Ashton Kutcher called Spread, where he does the rare thing of affecting male fry vocal. Huh. He's always like this. It's awful. It is truly, like, strangely awful. What made you uh, watch Anne that? Anne Heche is in it. Uh, younger Sebastian Stan's in it. Uh, Rachel Blanchard, a.k.a. Um, Cher from Clueless, the TV version's in there, too. Um, it was it was not good. Okay. I gave it one star. Okay, well, I won't watch that. I have Please followed don't. your recommendation and watched all of the Righteous Gemstones, which was amazing. So and now so I'm good. watching Vice Principals also on your recommendation, which is the same people that made Correct. Righteous which, yeah. So I looked up a few things and realized that one of the creators of Vice Principals is the uh, really dorky guitarist from the from the church band who has no wife. <laughs> And is always hanging out with his mom. Yes, yeah, Jody yeah. Hill. I want to say Jody Hill. Yeah. yeah, so he's great. The, the whole the whole thing is amazing. I did not expect the Righteous Gemstones to be that good. It honestly is so much fun to watch. Like it's just the right amount of characters. Well, there's and, wrestling uh, in it, which is fun. You know, watch yeah. that, then watch an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Perfect. I need to talk about Jody Hill for a sec because he made one of the funniest dark comedies ever. It's a comedy starring Seth Rogen called Observant Report. Oh yeah, I, that's in the mall, right? Yeah, uh, but it is not the other B- Paul Blart. No, no, movie. it's it's a much darker thing, right? 
Yeah, it's so enjoyable. So I'd say, Angela, if you could watch it somehow, watch it. Okay. Um, and then, of course, if you go and you find Eastbound and Down, totally worth watching, too. Yeah, that's there as well. These are all on yeah. Crave, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. AKA yeah. HBO. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, um, I loved... I love everything they do um, in terms of television. And then, of course, Danny McBride got involved in the reboot of Halloween, which was not great, but we don't need to talk about Can that. He seems like a decent guy. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And he also grew up religious, right? Which is the whole reason why he's like so much of that is so accurate. Okay. And he's, he's doesn't strike me as a religious person anymore. No, I don't think he is. But he, uh, he, he grew up with his mom doing puppet shows and stuff okay. in the church. Huh. So yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I did come across a really good documentary just this morning. Can I guess what it is? You will. There's in a million years. You will not guess what it is. If you guess what it is, I'll be editing the podcast forever, and you never have to edit another episode again. Can I get it? Can I get? Can I get a uh, uh, topic or jar? Oh, I guess okay. But now you're gonna end up making me edit forever. Uh, we'll forget about that. But it's just a fake bet. But it's a uh, documentary about a daughter's search to understand their father. <laughs> Oh, okay, never mind. So it's not Shut Up, Little Man. No, it is not that. I don't know no. what that is. So I came across, on YouTube, actually, a free documentary. It's a, I guess because I have YouTube pr- uh, Premium, some stuff is free. And it's the Terry Kath experience. Do you even know who no Terry Kath is? is? He no. is the lead singer and guitarist of the band Chicago. And was someone who Jimi Hendrix said was the best guitarist he ever saw. Okay. And he tragically died... Uh, from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, which was completely accidental and awful. Like how far, how, like how far along Chicago's journey? At the end, like they were, he was re- ready to go uh, record a solo album um, because he wanted to do something without, like just a regular rock band without horns and stuff. Okay. But it was at so the height just, of basically so. Chicago. Like it was like he, so he, and he, it was really tragic. Amazing movie though. Yeah, so unfortunately, did not guess right. I so don't now have now you will be editing of... the podcast forever. That's, that, that's how it works? The, exactly. <laughs> okay. the, the gentleman's bet, yeah. right? Um, unfortunately, like I did not... Uh, my powers of telepathy are really weak. Well, which you, is failed, sad, but... you failed, failed, failed that course on remote viewing. I did, I did. I did not finish it. Uh, which is our impetus to head on over to the paranormal side of things, because I want to talk about telepathy there. Sounds good. See you there. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth. Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first thing I want to talk about is something that uh, your friend uh, and listener Joel talked about last week, which is Avi Loeb. So Avi Loeb is out there now creating something, the Galileo Project, which is essentially... The same thing as the Sky 360 project that our friend Chris Cogswell was a part of at one point, which is just to study um, the skies around Earth, right? To set up a bunch of, uh, you know, network of, of sky-pointing sensors, you know? So I feel like there's a, a competing kind of thing uh, going on there because uh, Sky 360 UAPs. still exists. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, a, a weird kind of thing that stumbled into my purview because unlike you, I am on the internet on a regular basis and I see things. Okay, I am too on YouTube watching documentaries. Flat Earth. Flat Earth stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm so Definitely glad that didn't ruin my algorithm. I kind of made sure to... You should create a burner account, dude. A what? A burner account? No, because yeah. then I get commercials. Yeah, but who cares? No, ads are terrible. I, I cannot watch YouTube 
without YouTube Premium anymore. It it is really bad. Like I remember being okay so much that I debated not getting YouTube Premium. Right. But uh, I guess it's like almost five years removed from getting YouTube Premium at this point, and there are a lot more ads on YouTube. <laughs> oh yes, obviously there are. And I even made a joke about this the other day. So um, discoverability on Twitch is not the greatest. So I checked out. A, here, I'll even send you the link to the tweet. I even checked out... I was watching someone new for like 10 minutes, and then this happened. So if you want to click on the chat. Add two of seven. So add, add two of seven. I got like three and a half minutes of ads based on the fact that I decided to watch a new streamer for 10 minutes. Wow, that's really bad. Is So I thought there were no ads on Twitch. I guess I was wrong. You're wrong. Correct. That, that is incorrect. You can buy something called Twitch Turbo to get rid of the ads, but it doesn't seem to work for me or other a lot of other people in Canada for some reason. What about if you um, have a Prime membership? No? You can subscribe to a streamer with your Prime membership and when you, you access no that channel, no ads for them. Okay. Everyone else, ads. Huh. Awful. So something to think about there. So Angelo, at the end of the text section, we talked about telepathy. And I wanted to bring up this really strange article I stumbled upon titled, Can AI Communicate With Us Telepathically by the Jasper Whisper? So in this new article, he talks about things like Zener cards. Do you know what Zener cards are? The ones from, uh, not Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, yeah. Yeah, so basically circle cross, wavy line, square, yeah. and star. And you're supposed to sit in front of someone and then like read their aura you know, using ESP and then read their minds. Yeah, I just keep order. picturing that guy who said, oh man, I just see a couple of wavy lines and then Venkman shocking him and his gum flying out of his mouth. <laughs> um, for a second there, you close your eyes too as if you were imagining a card in your brain. Yeah. You're thinking of a couple of wavy lines right now. I'm looking at them, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, uh, the Jasper Whisperer breaks down the idea here of using ChatGPT, which half the time he spells as ChatGTP, which is... Whatever, neither here nor there, but that is just a nitpick as a copywriter. And uh, he talks about the idea of how uh, ChatGPT could remove bias, right? So, you know, for example, like uh, someone being able to look at someone else's glasses and see what the card looks like. Yeah. Right. Eliminating the X factor. Well, I think I have the answer to if this is true or not. Do you want to know? Uh, uh, do I have to guess or can you tell me? If you're psychic, you know the answer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, this does not work. This is wrong. The Jasper, He's just making this up. In his the own Jasper mind. Whisperer uh, scored 48% on 25 trials. Oh, 40. So, wow, 50 50. Shocking. So out, of, so, out of 12 out of 25 times, he guessed properly. Okay. So, he got exactly the correct amount for. Well, it I mean, being statistically, chance. there's a one in five, there's a 20% chance per right. So, this is higher than the control. Wow. Wow. <laughs> also, like, from this is fundamentally flawed, right? Because of the fact that. I thought ESP was like human-to-human contact, not human-to-machine contact, right? Well, now we know the machines are alive. Yes. It's kind of funny in reading about a lot of the AI discourse these days, because people don't understand that AI, commercially anyways, is just like, it's just like a refined Google. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. It's like going up to a librarian and asking them where the book is, and then bringing them bringing the book and the passage to you. Like, it's not, it's not innovating. It also has a problem. Apparently, it keeps telling the same like 20 and 25 jokes over and over when people ask for jokes. Oh, it's not thinking that much. I found out recently my wife has been using ChatGPT. Yeah? Yeah. And Divorce our, papers or? No, I hope not. And our friend, <laughs> our friend was over yesterday and she's a, a school principal and she was talking about how she uses it to create letters quickly. Yeah, a lot of people create it to use. Uh, there's, like, there's also like widgets you can install for email and things like that too that uh, uh, make responding much, much easier for people who are not good at emails. Her only caveat was like you really have to make sure you read it over because yeah, it gets course. very wordy sometimes and it's not... Into, it's not it's not to the point let's say 
Sort of like me. No, it's not. No. You also like there's a there's a market out there for prompt writers right now. Like you can get paid several hundred dollars an hour to write prompts. That's pretty awesome. You Have you played with it? it at all? Yeah, I. Well, I mean, apart from the flat Earth stuff, uh, not really. No, like I played with okay. it for that, and I haven't had a chance to go back. Okay. So I'm just gonna give out a big sigh right now. So that is that okay? Go ahead. Yeah. <sighs> that was not big. That wasn't that big. That was just it like was a, huge. a. It was a heave okay, on my body. Okay. It may not have come through the the mic, probably because there's some kind of you know, reduction there. But uh, Angela, I watched all three hours of Stephen Greer's 2023 Press Club. Press I'm so impressed. So no one else had to. Yeah, I'm really impressed. I owe you some money, I think. I think a lot of people owe us money um, for this one because, uh, boy, was it unsurprisingly weird. Really? Yeah. So he gives a whole intro. Um, he plugs obviously his newest documentary at the end. He also mentions numerous times that they're, uh, you know, it's a volunteer initiative, you know, so people aren't doing this for money, even though like I'm pretty sure Stephen Greer is doing this for money. And he also does this like weird thing where at one point he mentions that he gave a $12 million, um, as a doctor in order to pursue this. And then also alternately says he retired from being a doctor, but then also calls himself a doctor. Like it's a weird paradox, either like it's a binary, either you are a doctor right now or you're not a doctor right now. Did he go back to the history of this whole press club thing? How he tried? He to, mentioned, yeah, he mentioned the original one, and, and how then, like, it the, was, disclosure was imminent even back then, and now yeah. it's like so it was imminent uh, within twenty years. <laughs> so, spoiler, Angelo. Apparently, uh, if things don't go their way by the end of the year, there will be great consequences, which is a classic grifter move of saying the end is near unless you donate. There's no doubt in my mind that he's pretty much just a grifter. I think he sort yeah. of believes in all this, but. Also understands that he's making money from all this, too. So this is a crazy thing, and this is something I don't know if we've talked about before, but it's definitely something that stuck in my brain. So in the early 90s, he was offered $2 billion to back off. Now, I want you to think about that for a sec. He said this now? Yeah, he said this like numerous times. So in the early 90s, and 92, I think, uh, right when he's starting his journey, he rejected $2 billion to keep quiet. I mean, that would have been a big waste of $2 billion, because even with him, like, yapping, nothing's happened. Correct, but it's also much cheaper to get him killed, right? In theory, if you like, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying people should like go out there, like government should. Yeah, yeah watch your words here. In theory, if a government wanted to keep someone quiet, it's much cheaper to do away with them than it is to buy them off for billions of dollars. Has didn't he mention on that weird podcast we watched that he was in danger at one point, and he that he, he can't always talk mentions about? in danger. Yeah. So. So we're kind of jumping to the end here, but there's a 30-minute segment. So this thing is three hours, right? So the first, like, 20 minutes is him, then his, uh, quote-unquote, like, whistleblowers, and then at the end, it's 30 minutes of questions. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, are you worried about your safety? He goes, I always am. Yeah, because he drives without a seatbelt. So he, he also mentions that a few people who've worked with him have been killed, which, like, he's made the, the reference a few times, and I'm not... I can never find a specific instance of, of when he names someone, right? I think he just says things. He's, he's Of course he says things. He just says things... No basis, and people just let it go. Yeah, correct. So, a couple of things. So, you know, it's two and a half hours. It's two plus hours of, like, military, people who serve in the military, um, who've had experiences. Like, there's this one guy who, like, in 2009 in Indonesia may have witnessed, like, E.T. trafficking the same way you traffic children. Like, it was super weird. Pizzagate. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's something else. At any point in the three hours, were you ever like nodding your head along saying, oh, yeah, this is really interesting? Or throughout the entire three hours, were you just sighing heavily? I wasn't sighing heavily. I think the thing is, I don't know anything about these people, right? So I can only judge them on the story that they tell. 
And some of them were very outlandish, and some of them were like, yeah, maybe, perhaps, in another world that was, would work well. Um, so, like, there's this one guy. His name is Steve Digna Jr., or Stephen Digna Jr., and he has suffered brain damage from an accident incurred in the military. And it seemed like they prepared his script for him because he kept thanking Dr. Greer. And then at the end, he proclaims that, like, Dr. Greer is, like, his new general, that, that everyone should fall in line and follow him. And I have the time code that we can drop into the um, into show notes to watch that specific one. Stephen Greer is very much a cult leader at this point. There are multiple Reddit threads over the last week over that, right? And, you know, there's even, like, the... Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder what would come from a psychological evaluation of Stephen Greer. Narcissistic? Narcissistic, yeah. And you got to remember, like, this is in the shadow of the David Grush thing, right? About the former Pentagon guy who came out and gave a, a long-form interview about all this, which he conveniently doesn't mention at all, which I find kind of funny. Um, because like, he's, a different, he's a different faction. Yeah, of course. It's so like, that's the other thing, too, right? It would be too, like right? McDonald's like, talking about Burger King. That's the, that's the other thing, too, is that he um, talks about the shadow government, right? So he says the constitutional government, he said this before, has uh, been – like the constitutional government of the United States has been nullified since the mid-50s. There is a shadow government based out in the U.S. that kind of has like global reach and it's out here, right? So I read one comment somewhere on the internet. Someone said that he's probably trying to bring a couple of QAnon people on his side, but there wasn't enough dog whistle mentions of like a cabal – a new world order. You know, like there weren't enough of the, the words that they like to use there in order for it to fully bring the Q people on board. What's amazing is that I've heard of all this before and it lines up real nice with the whole flat earth thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Same thing, nice. right? Like there's government in the fifties shadows holding back information. However, Flat Earth and the extraterrestrial hypothesis do not jive. That is correct. Never the twain shall meet. Is that the, the whole, is that how yeah, you say correct. that? Yeah. Um, speaking of best efforts, though, Angelo, I made a tweet thread of the different graphics that. Um, yes, that really made. made me laugh. Um, which are just like, you know, like, and I, 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 the tweet thread ends, and we'll put this in the show notes with like, listen, like, I know they're a volunteer organization, but like, this is, this is awful. Um, so, for example, like, there's one that looks like, a really bad first person shooter you could buy off Steam for five bucks. There's a ton of like really bad, weird, like they look like a, a TF2, Dream Fortress 2 like mods. Well, like I was going to say to me, covered, like because of out. your first tweet, it made me put it in my head that these are like in game renders of something that they, you know, they yeah, played but a for game like 15 years ago. Yeah. It's really bad. There's, there's the one where to, like Toby Maguire looks like he's looking at a spinning top. I'm looking at that one right now. Then the one after that is like he's talking about a secret uh, uh, military base, the Dugway Proving Ground, which I I will probably do an episode on that sooner or later. But there's also like hella porta potties lined up at the top, and no one in you know, explains that one. If you're out in the middle of the desert at a secret base, you got to poop sometimes. One of them looks like a man is having coitus with a UFO too, which is just super weird and uh, bizarre. He brought his wife or girlfriend a long way um, in order to see um, him do that. And then there's a guy who says that he saw a bunch of bricks or like a granite, um, uh, I don't know, like block being levitated with nothing below and above. I, I'm looking at the one where the poor woman is staring at her husband. That's what really, I'm saying. Is she, yeah. Is he cucking her with the UFO is the I, question. Yeah. That, it's just, uh, like, I get it. I get that you, you need, and like they had pencil drawings and stuff like that. And I get, I get it. You guys are volunteers. You don't have a ton of, but there's enough 
kind of like um, of a community around the cult of Greer that you couldn't find anyone else to do a better job at this. I mean, he should have taken the two billion and spent it on some better graphics. For sure, he could have been the next Pixar, but for aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, let me go through my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything else. Um, one of the funny things too that made me laugh is like no one had a clicker. So everyone had kept having to say next slide over and over. Oh, wow. They could not afford that. The technology's not there. Or even a keyboard in front of them or the something. The thing right? is, is they refused to use the alien reverse engineered technology. So they're using a slide projector. <laughs> that is just, there's a camera pointed at it. You can't use any sort of computer with this. There's also some really interesting stuff in that, too. The stories involved Raytheon, which is like the, the weapons manufacturer and defense contractor. Um, so trying to tie that into the UFO lore was very interesting. Um, he also was asked, saying that they need a $50 million budget for R&D and also to create a zero-point energy lab. Because zero-point energy exists. We just don't have access to it as civilians. Of course not. All right. Let me read this to you, Angelo. So he finishes, after all this, right, before he takes questions, Greer finishes the presentation with a quote from uh, uh, Colonel Philip Corso, himself a pretty controversial figure yes. in the Roswell incident, right? So he wrote the day after Roswell. And uh, there's a lot of scrutiny there. There's a lot of, like, uh, you know, easily Googleable debunking of the book. And I've read it. I it, It's a hard read to want to read as someone who has a lot of questions about this. Yeah. Um, so he ends. So basically, like, Corso and one of his more famous claims is that he uh, spoke to an ET in the mid-50s and asked them, the ETs were, like, stop using radar. It's affecting our technology and then corso asked them what's in it for us and then the alien responded with a new world if you can take it new world order perhaps there we go and uh the idea here also he somehow says that he all of these different alien races these dozens of alien races are non-confrontational and they're here for peace how does he know that how can he empirically say all of them are here he read it on the internet also he did he talk about Mussolini finding a, a crashed UFO in the 1930s? Was that him? That's Grush. That's, That's Grush. Oh, That's the other guy. okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Honestly, it's getting all mixed up in my head. Oh, for sure. For sure. So it's just. Because none of it makes the, sense. The shadowy cabal exists, Angelo. So you better watch out. So the idea here is that he's mad at the government because the real government isn't doing their job and they are going against you know, the people and he had one of his lawyers up there talking about how to, they're going to use the Rico statute in order to find information. And yeah. Um, also they've mentioned like mass murder and stuff. And I was kind of curious, like, well, where and how, and obviously like very light on the details. Yeah. The, that. the claims are murder, mass murder, lots of murder, <laughs> extreme murder. Listen, like, I know that atrocities happen in the world, and I'm not trying to play on those. I'm trying to play on the absurdity of the fact that, like, this is something that someone's saying out loud. You know, things like he's saying, like, you know, multiple of my colleagues have, like, been killed because of this. Cannot name one. Was Steve Bassett there? No, eh? No, no. Okay. The good he's, Steve wasn't there. He's, he's staying away from this. That is, that is uh, quite correct, Angelo. Um, he loves, like, using terms like red in and skiff. So he keeps saying, like, you know, the, the, you know uh, there was the skiff. So basically, like, it just the seems like this information thing? was, like, no, this information was like siloed out into okay. like a specific department that like wasn't aware. So the idea of like running the skiff or like getting information from a skiff, he loves to seem smart, and he keeps doing these documentaries where he cries at one point, tries to look vulnerable, you know. Um, but it's like it's it's once again it's like a really weird simulacra of like how a man is supposed to behave in these instances. Which celebrity was following him at one point? Well, Fred Durst did the narration apparently for one of his documentaries okay. recently. Okay. So that's that's one of them. And then Demi Lovato, too, right? Demi Lovato. 
they were the one following him. She's back to she, by the way. He also intimated that like there are a number of like wet work teams out there ready to kill when needed, which is just like more okay, killing. So, so why haven't you died yet? And I don't, I don't mean that like that's obviously. twice now you threaten him. I'm not threatening him. He's gonna I'm just are saying, they gonna come like, after us if there's such a big danger in the world that he's posing this threat. Like, listen, like the '60s were littered with CIA assassinations, right? Yeah, that's true. Like. Somebody could walk by him with an umbrella or something, right? Like with this poison tip. Oh, I just heard about uh, a recent case about that from like uh, the 70s, I think. So there. There you go. It's just, it's a weird hodgepodge. Once again, like it's a whole lot of nothing. Um, I think it's kind of ridiculous because if a high level secret cabal government wanted him dead, he would not be putting on this show. Correct. So now let us look at a couple of theories that I love talking about, right? Is he um, a useful idiot, do you think? For the government to like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's kind of useful in that they'll be able to do other stuff that they can do the reality things, and he just handles talking about stuff that distracts people. Do you feel that the heat is being turned up though, in terms of like UFO discourse? Like, like all these people are coming out all these since 2017. Yes, I feel yes. like it's it's going higher and higher, and a lot more uh, dull normals are aware of it. Not correctly yeah. in most ways, but they're aware of it. Where do you think this is going the next 18 months, let's say? Like, the next year and a half? Because that's the question I keep having when, like, things seem to be accelerating, right? Well, there's going to be more footage that pops up. More people are going to yeah. debate it. More people are going to say it makes no sense. Others are going to say, well, we don't know what that is. And there's no basis to say it's either alien or something misidentified. It's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's an infinite circle. Is that a real word? Maybe. Well, we could say it's an infinite circle. Sure, it's okay, an Ouroboros, right? Yeah. It's the, the monster eating its tail. Yeah, the alien eating its... Yeah, offenders. but where does this end, right? Where does this end? It's never going to end. This has been happening since forever, really. Like, well, I'd say peaks and valleys with it. Well, Greer's been around for so long, but now he's finally had his second press club, club meeting, which is completely useless. Correct. Once again, like he keeps talking about having all this evidence and stuff you know, um, in his intro, and it's like, where, where is it? If you have it, just share it. You know, like, <laughs> apart from these, you know, clearly um, photoshopped images that you have and these, like, pencil drawings you've gotten volunteers to make, like, where are, is your actual proof? And I'm not one of those people who, like, are pushing for proof above all, but proof definitely is the rock by which a good case is made. I'll tell you this. If in the next 18 months we get some sort of proof that is really good, it's not coming from Stephen Greer or anybody associated with him. No, but he'll try to figure out a way to worm himself in, let's be honest. Yeah, he'll talk about how that person worked with him at one point. Yeah, or like he he met him. And, uh, you know, there's all these funny stories where like he, um, I can't remember what it is, but there was a letter sent from like U.S. Army personnel that he like met a general or something like a dinner party. And I, I'm like, this is the back recesses of my mind. But apparently like in one of his books, he mentions that like he like read in this like U.S. general into all the problems. And clearly what had happened was, they were at a dinner party and like the the letter responding to Dr. Seymour says this and like they were just like humoring him to like do table banter. Wow. So they and, made fun uh, of him basically. Yeah. So he's saying he briefs all these presidents, but it actually turns out that he sends briefings over that are never open. And if you look at the like the presidential archives or whatever, um that's publicly accessible, you can see the stuff that's like unopened. That's really funny. So he's talked about how, because he likes to push that point through that he's briefed presidents on this stuff. So he's, he's essentially sent them unsolicited mail. 
That's correct. And it's the same thing as you do, like, if you, you don't send spec scripts to, like, a movie studio, right? Like, you need an agent, usually. Yeah. For copyright reasons. So I thought it was kind of interesting that, like, he's just pushing it that way. You should just send unsolicited things to presidents and say you were, uh, you briefed presidents. Exactly. Part of our tagline. It's like I'm briefing you, right? Yeah. Except you're accepting my information. Yes. Because it makes sense. Double density. The last thing on the docket for the Paramount side of thing, Angelo, is I requested people send me a number between 1 and 100 for the weird 100 book, right? So 100 weird things. Maybe we should use a little bit of telepathy. Like, I was trying to figure out how to best choose a number, right? Because a number of people sent in some numbers. And so I was trying to figure out if you wanted to pick a number at random, and then I'll see if it's on the list. And if it is, we're going with it. Well, I've already seen the list, though. Oh, how about, we, down, how about we both think of a number? And we both say it at the same time. And if it's the same number, it's meant to be. And if it's not the same Actually, number... Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask... No, I've, I've seen these things. You have no idea what this is. You don't have a copy of the book. No. So why don't you, why don't you pick a number from here? 90. 90. Okay. 90 is... Drum roll. Time travel. Amazing. There are so many good ones here, actually. And there's even a line for what skeptics say. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Good. We need to be represented. So everyone else who sent in a number, there's a lot of really good ones that we've never covered that I think we're actually going to take. Okay, perfect. Big thanks to our listener, Tyler, for choosing the number 90. 90 is what we're doing here. So congrats, Tyler. Thanks for listening. And everyone else who sent in a number, there's actually a number of things. So I think we'll be covering most of these um, during the next couple of weeks. Or like we'll spread them out during the summer. But there's like a lot of really, really fun stuff here that I'm going to be working out if that I'm going to subject Angelo to. Angela, can you read my mind about what I'm going to ask you next? What? Where do people can write to us? That is correct. So they can send us mail care of uh, PO number 6231 in Would Pueblo, Colorado. Would anyone actually mail us <laughs> Would anyone actually mail us things is my big question. I doubt it. Nobody no. wants to mail us anything. But they can fill out a form on NobleDensity.net. Not located in Pueblo, Colorado. No, we're located worldwide, baby. Why was everything uh, in Pueblo, Colorado? I don't know. I guess it was just cheap to have the warehouses there. Okay. Or the call centers were like all, you know, put together. Like, right, actually, right in and let us know if you know what I'm talking about when I say Pueblo, Colorado. Because I, I feel like as a kid... Watching you struggle to say it is so it's funny. It's very difficult to say. Yeah, but Pueblo. as a kid, it was Colorado. always coming up. That's where you sent out to get something. You had to send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Pueblo, Colorado to a get sass, whatever, right? whatever it was. So anyway, write to us and explain to me why that was, or if you remember it. com, of course, is the other way in which you can contact us, as well as on socials. I'm going to be putting up some of these photos and Angelo's rig over on double underscore density over on Twitter, as well as double density podcast over on Instagram. Angelo, this has been it for episode 231 of the Double Density Podcast. And tune in next week as I make a list of 10 more UFO witnesses with great Photoshop skills. Can't wait. <laughs>